All right, so we back. You know what I'm saying? Another episode of the Talk of Play Blurred Pod. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. Um, I really appreciate it. It just can't. I can't quantify. I can't like put it into word words, but like I appreciate it. Um, if you're new, hi. How you doing? My name is Brian Saf. I'm the host of this here podcast titled The Talk of Play Blurred Pod, where I just you know sit in front of a microphone, um, presumably talking to myself, and um, I just blurt out about whatever it is I'm interested in at the moment. I tend to focus on games, um, movie, television, anime. Um, every now and then I'll comment on whatever's going on in the pop culture world, which brings me to the title of this episode. Did y'all watch the PlayStation State of Play? or or the grammys did y'all watch either of those programs didn't think so why because i didn't either <laughs> but i decided it was worth commenting on so i'm gonna um comment on it briefly you know what i'm saying just speaking from the perspective um of a nigga that only saw the shit on social media i ain't really i ain't really know about uh, at least the Grammys or whatever until stuff started popping up on the blogs, whatever. But outside of that, um, y'all know Monique was on Club Shay Shay talking hers. I'm I'm uh got a little thing to say about that. I fuck with that, so I'm gonna talk about it. And then obviously Usher's a uh, Super Bowl concert, his performance, the halftime show, whatever. Definitely gonna cover that. Um, that's pretty much it. I don't really, really got much to say about either of these things either. So without further ado, if you knew this, what I do, I play, (laughs) I play some music real quick and then we're going to come back and talk about it. If you've been here, you already know. So let's jam real quick. And then when I come back, what are we going to start with? Um, I guess the Grammys since, you know. The Grammys, right? Um, like I said, didn't get a chance to watch this live as it, as it was happening on TV. I took the angle of watching it from the comfort of my iPhone 12 Pro Max um, on the blogs when everything was being posted and, you know, Twitter was reacting and hashtagging everything. I, that's how I chose to participate. Not that I necessarily hate the Grammys or don't fuck with the Grammys or anything like that, but, you know, historically they've been inaccurate and they've been doing black people wrong since the Grammys um, inception. So it's not something I necessarily um, put high on my priority of list of things to watch, but I do like seeing my favorite artists rewarded for the hard work that they put in to um get me to listen to their music back to back to back to back. So it is what it is. Now again, didn't watch the Grammys. I wasn't actually even aware that the Grammys was airing until I seen the blogs going crazy, um, posting about the fact that you know the Grammys had um. Uh, Posted everywhere. Twitter, their official Grammy website, um, Google, everywhere. The Grammys have posted everywhere 
that uh, Nicki Minaj and Ice Spice had won a Grammy, I think, for Best Rap Song Performance, I believe. One of the Grammys that they was nominated for for the Barbie World song. They they supposedly won it, right? But then when that segment went to air on live television, it actually turned out to be Killer Mike that won. Now, <laughs> I don't know how the fuck this happened. It's never happened before, by the way. I've never, ever seen this happen during the Grammys where they announce like official Grammy outlets announced that somebody won an award and then when it uh, airs live on television, they actually lost and somebody else won. Um, the Grammys didn't care to do anything to, to clean it up, backtrack. Oh, we apologize for the mistake. No, it was just they said Nikki and Ice won and it turned out to be Killer Mike. Now, if you know anything about Nicki Minaj and her ongoing issues with the Grammys or just the Grammys ongoing issue with black uh, artists I'll say Nicki Minaj uh, specifically in this case but it's always just been an issue with black artists and the Grammys with uh, Nicki if you remember if you don't remember I don't know um, Nicki is one of very few icons legends um, you know she's the current queen of rap like she's one of very few like undeniably great artists who actually deserves Grammys who don't have one and um you know she's been very vocal about it in the past um her label is still going out of their way to submit her offerings to music uh to the grammys for consideration of winning the grammy i don't have any problem with that i also don't have a problem with nikki being mad at the grammys for snubbing her all of her entire career and i also don't have an issue with her voice in that opinion um I feel like it's valid, it's warranted or whatever. I also feel like the Grammys did this on purpose. Yes, I do. I don't think the Grammys like that ever since um, Nikki decided to express her creative freedom and creative license on the Grammy stage. Um, even though they wanted her to perform something else, she decided to do her own set list like she had been rehearsing all of that time up until that night. That's just weird, Grammy folk. Like, She's been practicing and rehearsing her performance with this set list of songs. And for you to be like, eh, at the last minute, let's change it. Uh, can you perform something else? Like, no, she's been performing that. And on top of that, the set list that she was performing, she had designed that to promote her new album that was coming out. So it's like, why would she change it at the last minute? Just because I don't know. I don't, re I don't even really think the Grammys the grammys gave her or the world an explanation on why she wanted or why they wanted her to change her set at the last minute ever since then though it's been up with nikki and the grammys it was like they told her if you go out there and do this you'll never win a grammy they meant that shit i guess the person who told nikki that has since um parted ways with the grammys but for whatever reason obviously he got friends and things like that and they just continue to hold the grudge or whatever the case might be Saying all that to say, I think that the Grammys did that shit on purpose, especially after the week Nikki had with Megan or whatever. You know, people been in their feelings about the fact that Nikki has been pointing out the fact that Partisan Fontaine, who is uh, Megan Thee Stallion's ex-boyfriend, is the one that um, let the world know that Megan, that Megan, <laughs> that Megan was um, um, lying on her 
mother that is not with us anymore. Like she, well, not she. Well, yeah, Nikki has been poking fun at that. Um, and, and, you know, obviously people have been feeling a way about it. I do find it weird that when Partisan said it in his song, um, pun intended, you heard what I said, in his song, <laughs> when Partisan said it in his song, uh, nobody really had nothing to say about the fact that he called out Megan for um, lying and, and or or swearing on her deceased mom. But when Nikki grasps a hold of it, amplifies that, and then turns it into a joke that she's using to punch down with Megan, like, oh, it's a problem. I get it. You know what I'm saying? It's cringe. People don't really like to play with moms and families and stuff like that, especially dead relatives and things like that. Um, but it, you know, it's rap beef. I've heard worse, way worse. I've heard people say way worse things. Male specifically. I heard male rappers say way worse about people's living and dead relatives. So I just felt like that was light. And I felt like people was bothered by Nikki saying that because they just have an issue with Nikki. Nikki's always running around talking about how she the queen of rap and how none of these bitches can see her. All these bitches is her sons. She proves that quite a bit. Um, it goes without mention from the general public who hate her so much they never talk about the fact that we know she actually is very talented at rapping and none of the girls really can see her like she is the bar and and she is set very very high it's hard for today's women in rap to come close let alone the guys you know that's just the facts of what it is but um for whatever reason um, whenever somebody finally is brave enough to step to Nikki, y'all champion these people. And I don't have no issue with that, honestly, because Nikki, she do talk big shit, but, and well, not, but, but at the same time, um, I really, uh, I see the double standards. I don't really fuck with that. But then also at the same time, again, I like that the pressure that it puts on Nikki. Cause if it, you know, it, it's, it sparks her. Like it, it makes her want to get in the booth and talk her shit even more and really showcase why she's better than most rappers, male or female in the game. So I'm cool with it. Um, It's just it's just weird to me, you know, <laughs> that it's just weird to me because party said this shit first. Nikki brought it back around, amplified it a little bit. Now it's old. Nikki's evil. And she's been talking about making the stallion's dead mom and all this other stuff. We had that same energy when Partisan Fontaine actually told us this and told us that Megan been out here getting lipo, even though she pretends to be a gym girl, which I actually don't have a problem with that either. Megan is fine. Megan is beautiful. Megan is that girl, body yada yada. I love Megan. <laughs> I don't got no issue with Megan, even though her and Nikki got beef. I don't really take sides like that. It is what it is. I fuck with Megan Thee Stallion. Her body looks great. I don't care about no damn lipo. None of that. And on top of that, I understand, um, you know, liposuction and the BBL shit and all of that. Once you get it, you do have to be in the gym quite a bit to keep your fat cells from um, materializing in a way that would have made the liposuction or the BBL pointless. So, you know, it just is what it is. Um, that ain't got nothing to do with what I was talking about with the Grammy shit or whatever. I just wanted to say that because I, yeah, I've been contemplating doing this, this um, this like breakdown of the Nikki and Megan Thee Stallion beef and putting it out on the pod, making an episode or whatever. Um, but 
every day I'm caring about it less and less. I just, I guess I'll probably be reinvigorated once um, Nikki takes more shots at Megan and whatever song she's gonna drop next that she that she feels comfortable letting Megan know. Yeah, you might have got one up on me a little bit with the Megan's Law line, bitch, but I'm still on your motherfucking neck. That's one thing about Nikki that I really, really appreciate. The internet, um, hip hop heads, they can say whatever they want. Oh, this person uh, won the battle. Oh, Megan won. Oh, Remy won. Oh, uh, Lil' Kim won. You can say whatever you want. Whoever won or you feel like they got one up on Nikki. Nikki don't ever back down. She don't let nobody come out here, diss her, and then destroy her entire career. Like, she keeps going. She keeps taking shots. She keeps throwing jabs. She keeps letting these people know. So what? I don't care about your diss track. I'm still on your neck. It, you ought to respond because the onslaught is not gonna it's not gonna cease and eventually she end up with a w you can say what you want <laughs> you can say what you want <laughs> i feel like <laughs> i feel like had had little kim and Nicki minaj not got into it when they did kim would be a lot more relevant in today's um current musical landscape i know she'd be trying to put out music here and there but her fans don't support it just is what it is little kim fans do not support little kim i'll be the first person to say that as somebody who fuck with little kim y'all don't be supporting her y'all hate nikki and y'all love to talk about how kim is the blah 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 but y'all don't support kim when she released her projects it just is what it is. Remy, she got her good shot off with the whole sheath or diss track or whatever. But we, we're never going to forget what type of bum bitch shoot a friend over a rack. What type of mother leave her one son over a stack. We're never going to forget that because Remy's been visibly bothered by it. Every time somebody bring up that bar, she got to go to clarify it wasn't a thousand and I ain't do da da da. This is what it is. I'm just looking to see what's going to happen in round two with the, the Megan and Nikki thing. But back to the Grammys, because I didn't mean to go off on a tangent like that. Um, um, They didn't get the Grammy. Um, So Nikki, again, nominated for Grammys, still getting snubbed or whatever the case might be. It just is what it is. Do I think Killer Mike's song should have won over the Barbie World song? That's debatable. Andre 3000 had a stellar verse on that song. I think it really saved that song. Not saying that Killer Mike was no slouch and the other person that they had on the song. I'm just saying that song is memorable because of Andre 3000. And um, it is more of a traditional rap song or whatever. But then at the same time, the Barbie World song had a great year. You know what I'm saying? Obviously following the Barbie World or the Barbie video, a movie or whatever. So... I don't know. I'm in. I'm indifferent, cause Barbie World performed better, and it was one of the it, it was one of the better rap tracks that came out this year. It supported the Barbie movie perfectly. Um, Nicki did her thing. Ice Spice did her thing. Like the sample, it just made sense for both of them. But you know, Killer Mike did what he did, and um, Andre did what he did on that song as well. So it just is what it is. Oh, I just found it interesting that after this week that Nikki's had of um, continuously trying to get Megan up under Megan's skin enough for them to <laughs> for Nikki to justify dropping another song. I think that's what she wanted to do. I think she wanted to get Megan to respond so she could be like, "Good, I'm glad you had some more to say." Because here go the other the other song, the part two that I told you about at the end of Bigfoot. <laughs> I don't know, but um. I honestly feel like the Grammys 
was going to give Nikki and Ice Spice that award. But then after Nikki's week with Megan and lying on your head, mom, all that stuff like that, <laughs> I feel like the Grammys were like, hell no. Snatch it back. She still ain't learned. We don't like the attitude. We don't like the behavior. Even though the guys have done and said a lot worse, you know what I'm saying? Nikki's on thin ice with everybody, so fuck that. Give it to Killer Mike. That's the second runner. I don't know. I just feel like it was supposed to go to Nikki and Ice, but Nikki kind of. I was going to say. I was going to say. I'm not going to say that. That would have. <laughs> yeah. Moving along. Um. Speaking of Ice Spice, her and Lotto got this beef going on. I'm not mad at it. I just don't understand it. I don't know why they beefing. Um, maybe it got something to do with Nikki, because I feel like their their beef didn't really like, really like, like take off until that that issue where um, Lotto was trying to get. Nikki to collab with her or whatever and Nikki was like I ain't really feeling it because every time I talk to you you're trying to do a song together you're not trying to actually build a relationship or a business relationship or any kind of rapport with me you're just trying to use me for the barbs and you're probably going to be on your way like the rest of these girls have done or other girls have done which is part of the issue Nikki has with Megan Nikki talking or Megan talking about she don't understand what it was you I feel like you do because <laughs> Nikki said all the time, y'all be using her and then get mad when she hits y'all up, like jump on the song with me now or, hey, how you doing? Just checking on you. We doing business together, but you don't care about the personal. What's up with you? But that's beside the point. I don't know what's going on a lot on Ice Spice. Only thing I say is I like um, the beef. I like it. I think it's going to uh, force Ice uh, Spice to showcase um, a different side of her when it comes to rap and making music and um it's just this this lotto thrives on uh like beef rap kind of like ever since she hit mainstream her her music has been very defensive it's been very combative not saying that that's a bad thing or whatever because we didn't have some good times with lotto as well um with like the whole what song was she sample mariah carey um big energy or whatever but um lotto can rap so i'm interested to see how deep in her bag both of these girls get honestly because people look at ice spice and they're like that girl can't rap she's just a pretty face and she know how to string together some nursery rhymes over a cool little beat and get tiktok going crazy and then people look at lotto like she can actually rap but then there's other things that they criticize her for as well. So I don't know, I'm just interested to see these two girls exchange bars. Um, I haven't listened. Well, I like the fart song. <laughs> I like a lot of those, or Ice Spice's Thank You This Shit, Bitch, You're Not Even a Fart. <laughs> I like the song. Um, and then the Sunday service song is cool too that Lotto put out. I actually liked the video a lot for Lotto's song. I like that she was like, yeah, I'm still show homage and pay my respects to uh, female hip hop from where it has come to where it is now, even though I'm beefing with some of the girls that I'm showing love to. I've actually really, really fought with that because I, for whatever reason, that just showed uh, like a little side of maturity for Lotto that I wasn't expecting to see from her. 
So I like that. You know, she know her and Nikki got beef. She had Nikki's picture up there. Her and Ice Spice got beef. She had Ice Spice's picture up there. Like, I like that she's like, I don't fuck with some of these girls, but it is what it is. If I'm going to pay homage to female rap, I have to include them because who the fuck am I to not? So I fuck with that. Um, outside of that, Grammys, Killer Mike won all three of his categories. Um, and then he got arrested for allegedly getting into an altercation with the Grammy security. I don't understand that either. I saw conflicting reports saying, that, oh, you know what I'm saying? He was handcuffed, but he was never taken out to any station and charged officially or booked or whatever. But then, you know, the people who actually do the research to figure out if Killer Mike actually <laughs> entered the uh, <laughs> the jail system or whatever, they say his charges right there on the website. He definitely did get arrested. He bonded out pretty quick, but he was still in the cell or whatever. So, oh, no. I don't know. Um, I, I'm cool with him winning his Grammys or whatever. Um, obviously, there were more popular songs and albums in the categories that Killer Mike occupied. But according to everybody that I know that really fought with hip hop, Killer Mike album was really, really good. And it actually made me want to listen to it. So that's what I'm going to do by the time I record some again for this podcast. I'm going to definitely listen to Killer Mike's album and, and um give my opinion on it because i don't have no issue with killing mike he's just he's never on my radar enough to be like oh shit he put out a new album let me go check it out and listen to it but i know he can rap i know he can rap and um i fuck with his uh his ear for production so i'm, I'm gonna check him out i'm gonna see what he's talking about when it comes to kai and joe button i feel like kai, kai is allowed to feel how you want to feel about killing mike women uh, women <laughs> about killing mike winning um, and Joe has a right to feel how he feels as well. The difference to me is um, Joe don't really know how to disagree with other people's opinions without sounding like he's attacking them. Like he just don't know how to be like, oh, I understand where the young kid is coming from, but I disagree for X, Y, and Z. It's always you streaming niggas ain't never and da, da, da. like he always on ten when he disagreeing with somebody when it could just simply be a you know I fuck with you, I understand what you're saying or whatever, but I have to um, humbly disagree. It's always loud and boisterous or whatever. Which um, Joe has built a. a, a pretty profitable and steady brand off of that so i can't necessarily be mad and he ain't really say nothing like crazy or whatever he just you know don't know how to <laughs> he don't know how to disagree and then i find it interesting because kai said what he said he spoke from a respectful place as a young nigga who just you know not aware of killer mike and his uh artistry or whatever joe jumped out the window and said what well, he's saying then killer mike came back and was like, i don't got no issue with Cobb. i love and respect him i like what he's doing or whatever and um you know i'm gonna keep winning but you know i understand why he don't understand <laughs> so I, I guess joe jumped out the window a little bit prematurely but um yeah joe will probably have a little bit more success once he learns how to tone tone down the aggressiveness when he's like disputing things or um, disagreeing with things, but at the same time, it's entertaining. So keep doing what you're doing, Joe. I ain't really mad. It just it was just funny because <laughs> Killer Mike came back after you said what you said about Kai and was like, oh, I actually don't have no issue with the young kid, and I I see where he coming from. <laughs> um, continue with the Grammys. Uh, congratulations to SZA and Victoria Monet. Y'all know I love these two black women. Um, 
like a lot. I have an incredible amount of love and respect for them. So it just made my heart happy to see them finally winning their things. I think uh, SZA won. She either won two or three and so did Victoria. Two or three Grammys down that night. I can't remember. And shout out to everybody that was nominated, especially if you black. If you was nominated, congratulations. If you black and you was nominated, extra congratulations, my nigga. If you was uh, a black and you won, shout out to you. Special congratulations. I'm so proud of you. If you just won, you was nominated and all that you won, congratulations to you as well. But I root for everybody black like Issa Rae. And so um, I'm very happy that black people, you know, they tend to win things. But, you know, the special ones that I was looking for, like uh, SZA and Victoria, they walked away with some good ones. So I really, really fuck with that. And Taylor Swift. You dead ass wrong for um, treating Celine Dion the way that you did. That's <laughs> I'm gonna just say it like that. That's Celine Dion. She definitely her career opened some doors for you. I don't know how considerable the age gap is between you two, but I just felt like since she's such a legendary white woman, you will probably know and have a little bit more respect and reverence for her. But it is what it is, you know. I'm waiting for people to continue to see Taylor the way that she present herself, but they get stuck on the music. So it is what it is. Let's take a break since we're talking about music and listen to some more real quick. And then um, we're going to come back with what state of play club, Shay Shay and uh, Usher. These next was going to be kind of quick. I ain't really got a whole lot to say. The PlayStation State of Play, it was cool. I wasn't disappointed, nor was I like... I didn't feel like it was a bad showcase, and I didn't feel like it was like the greatest either. They announced a bunch of... Um, non AAA titles and some of them caught my attention most um the ones that caught my attention the most are the ones that are coming out <laughs> this 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 week this month or whatever that is Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth which I wasn't necessarily hyped for until this the uh, PlayStation state of play or whatever they did like a little separate state of play it was like 20 minute long youtube state of play or whatever just going over final senate final fantasy 7 rebirth and the reason that i'm excited for rebirth is because i've been playing through or i started playing through its back catalog now but i started playing through final fantasy 7 remake and i really enjoyed the game y'all also know i'm playing through final fantasy 16 right now trying to beat that which i feel confident that i will have that game beaten before i get on um a flight to go or before my next <laughs> My first stop on the 2024 Brian Staff outside tour. Is that, is that what I'm going to call it? I don't know. And before I go to Dreamville uh, Fest this year, I'm going to probably have Final Fantasy 16 beaten. Either way, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth is a 
fresh take on Final Fantasy VII. We know Final Fantasy VII is like the most popular Final Fantasy game in the series. I think maybe X and like X2 will come close, but Final Fantasy VII is like the Final Fantasy. Um, and I don't know. I like that they're, you know, putting a fresh spin on it for this this uh, current generation of consoles and um, taking the characters and you know, freshening up the story, adding some things to it that wasn't in the original game. Like, I'm I'm excited for Rebirth and the um, special state of play that they did for it made me interested. I'm also interested in Hell Divers too. Thanks to this uh, state of play, I was not even aware of the game until I saw the trailer in the PlayStation State of Play. Right? What kind of gamer am I? Like, what the fuck? How did how did I not know that? But it just is what it is, and it looked good. I'm not mad at it, and I'm incredibly um, excited to get into the game. It's already out at time of recording. It's only $40 to go ahead and play. I already got people, um, my gamer friends in Discord and all this stuff. Like, whenever you get it, let me know so we can run some together and all this stuff. I'm interested. I remember when Outriders came out, I had my little squad of homies, and we was playing that shit for hours and hours and hours, you know whenever we could i actually beat the storyline i beat the game i think um um but yeah hell darvis 2 just looked fun it was like a um something i can't wait to get into and then foam stars ready to play foam stars um i think i got got it downloaded or added to my library already uh haven't had a chance to play it just yet but it's free to play so i just need a little bit more Space, time, and opportunity. <laughs> Probably when I finish recording this, I'm um jump on and play. But fire. I'm I'm excited. They say PlayStation State of Play. It was a couple other games that like caught my attention or whatever, but nothing I can remember at this time or that I really want to highlight. Um speaking of Sony, since we're here, Crunchyroll finally announced that it will be absorbing Funimation on April 2nd. Uh, so Funimation will be going away, which is crazy because I was just about to <laughs> I was just about to um, start a new subscription with Funimation. If y'all remember, maybe a year or two ago, when they first announced the Crunchyroll and Funimation merger, they had, you know, gave all the Funimation um, customers an incentive to go ahead and cancel their Funimation subscription and go on over to Crunchyroll. So I did that right. But then I noticed Funimation was still up and running. And I'm a Funimation like, hey, I fought with Funimation over Crunchyroll because Funimation got most of the dub anime. And they have exclusivity with these um, anime studios and stuff or whatever. So it's like the dubs only be on Funimation. They don't be allowed to be over there on Crunchyroll. So I was like, well, maybe I need to jump back in on Funimation so I can <laughs> have more access to the dub animes that I want to watch. Because I want to go back and watch Tenchi Muyo, which I still plan to do. And um, just a bunch of other anime that have dub, I think the Shampooden dubs over on Funimation are like pretty caught up or finished or whatever. It was just a bunch of dubs over there that I really wanted, uh, want to check out that I couldn't because Funimation was doing its own thing. So I'm excited for the merger. What I'm not excited about, I seen the BS about them raising the price in 2025 to a hundred dollars a year for a subscription. Now, 
like I said, I don't like it, but I also know I'm going to just go ahead and pay it because I need my anime. It just is what it is. And you talking about the Funimation catalog is finally going to be on Crunchyroll. So I'm going to finally have the dubs and everything that I've been so itching to get into or get back into. Yeah. I hate the price hike and I just don't like that these streaming companies are playing with our pockets like that. But at the same time, um, I, I need my anime. So I'm, I'm going to just have to pay it. <laughs> it just is what it is. Uh, what else was going on? Monique on club. Shay Shay. Did y'all watch that? Because I did. I sat through the whole three and a half hour interview and I will say this, right? The more I listen to Monique air her grievances with, uh, well, not Lee Daniels anymore because they've made up, but with Tyler Perry and Oprah specifically, the more I feel like, damn, they kind of did do her dirty and I don't really like that. I, I feel like, yeah, because even, right, even if everything that Monique is saying is not, well, I can't even say that it's not true because none of Tyler Perry or Oprah, they so prestigious and tight lipped about everything. They ain't even coming out to be like, Monique's lying. She's delusional. Something's going on with her. Nobody is calling Monique a liar. Anybody she got issues with, D.L. Hughley and all these other folks, like nobody is calling her a liar and saying that she ain't truthful or don't have a reason to feel how she feels. So I say all that to say even if Oprah and Tyler Perry specifically have not done the things to Monique that she's accusing them of doing, she has that perception and she's been painting the picture very, very clearly that this is what happened to her and people are believing it. So at the very least, I would hope or I would want Tyler Perry and Oprah to come out and, and you know, figure out what they got to do to make her feel better about the situation, not privately. And she like do it publicly, like, cause she didn't take it public or whatever. Like, let her know, like, I'm sorry you feel this way. I didn't mean to slight you in that manner. How can I fix it? Let's, you know, do whatever. But based on what she was saying, their response to, to things behind the scenes, I don't know I, where there's smoke, there's fire. I'll say that. Cause I don't feel like, I don't know. It's just crazy to me that Monique has been for years saying these things about Tyler Perry and Oprah. And of course, there are other little stories lingering around in the industry about them as well. But it's just like it, it feels um, interesting to me that they've been she's been saying these things about her. And nobody, neither one of them has even come out to be like, I don't like that she feels that way because that definitely wasn't my intention. So let me at least try to make her feel better about the situation. Let me at least try to explain myself or or let her know how her understanding or interpretation of what happened may not be all the way factual, at least from the things that she's accusing me of doing. Cause that's what I would do personally. If somebody was like, this is, this is my, um, this is how I've experienced this thing that Brian has done to me or whatever. I would be like, I'm sorry you feel that way. That wasn't my intention or whatever, but like, I don't want you saying these things. So like, let's have a conversation about it and figure out like why you feel like what I did is harming you in this way. Like let's, let's sit and have a conversation and like really figure that out. Cause I don't want you having this perception of me, especially if I didn't mean to do it. That's another thing. If you mean to do something to somebody, but you 
hurt their feelings, it shouldn't be an issue with you apologizing and saying, like, damn, I ain't mean to do that. That definitely wasn't my intention. I apologize for even making you feel this way or getting you to a point where you feel like this towards me. Like, that wasn't my intention. How do I rectify it? Like, Tyler Perry and Oprah, at least from my knowledge, ain't doing none of that. Behind the scenes or <laughs> in front of the scenes. So it's just interesting because she she did say that Tyler Perry, her issue with Tyler Perry is that Tyler Perry was telling people that she was difficult to work with and that caused her to lose money. There's a tape, apparently, Monique recorded him saying that. She let Shannon Sharp hear it. Shannon Sharp said, I heard him say that he lied about that on you in the recording that you listened to me. It was his voice. He said he lied. T.S. Madison has said the same thing. I heard Tyler Perry say with his own voice that he lied on Monique about these things. So it's like, if that's if that's true, Tyler, what, why, why we can't rectify it and fix it? Like, like what's going on? Why, and why would you do that? I understand why. In case anybody is unaware, the issue with Tyler Perry, Oprah, and Monique, or Monique with Tyler Perry and Oprah, stem back to whatever movie that they was doing. Tyler Perry and Oprah was doing a movie together or something. Monique was con- was a part of the cast and contractually obligated to do X, Y, and Z. She apparently fulfilled all her uh, contractual obligations and was gearing up to go participate in another project that she had already booked. Tyler and Oprah or whoever representation for them came back and was like, we need Monique to do more press. We need her to, you know, continue to do more press. But Monique was like, I've already fulfilled my press obligations via my contract if you need me to do more press you need to issue another contract and pay me for it i'm not gonna go out on this road and continue to do press for your movie just because i'm a cast member my contract says i only had to do this many days i did that many days if y'all need me to do more that comes with a price tag because you're interrupting my other business which is going on i don't have no issue with that i feel like that's fine that makes sense to me she did everything she was supposed to do for the job. If y'all want her to do overtime, if OT is allowed, pay it out. Like, why she couldn't just get a little extra money if y'all want to keep sending her out on these press tours for, to promote this movie? Apparently, um, Tyler and Oprah didn't fuck with that. And so Tyler started spreading these rumors that Monique is difficult to work with and all this other stuff. And that got in the way when it came to her doing business deal in the, deals in the future. And then on Oprah's behalf, um, from what I gathered, which is how Lee Daniels coming to the situation, what I gathered, right? Monique was saying Lee Daniels had written some very... Um, important parts in some movies and shows that he was doing specifically for Monique. He had wrote them parts specifically for Monique. Obviously that was going to come with a paycheck attached to it. You know, more exposure, more opportunity to go out there and win Oscars and all these other incredible awards. But instead of Lee Nails saying like, yeah, I want you for the part. You know what I'm saying? I wrote these parts for you. So these are yours. They're not going to be taken away. Lee Daniels calls Monique and was like, hey, Oprah wants the part that I wrote for you. 
and she says she's going to finance these projects if I give her these parts. So unfortunately, yes, I know I promised you these parts. Yes, I handpicked you for these parts. Yes, I wrote these parts for you. But because Oprah has the bag to fund and produce my film, I have to give it to her. And Monique felt like that was stemming back to... I guess her winning an Oscar when Oprah was nominated for one or something, something when Monique won her Oscar, uh, she felt like Oprah was jealous about that or had some type of ill will towards her from winning an Oscar or whatever for precious or whatever. Um, I don't know how true that is. This is all alleged, by the way, according to Monique, this is what this is what she's saying. The situation is, but if that's true, if Oprah really was, Calling Lee Daniels like, nope, don't get that part to Monique. I'm going to do it. And um, to make sure that I'm the person you get a part to, I'm going to go ahead and pay for him and, and um, produce your film. So you, you, I'm bankrolling you and you're going to give me her parts. Like, that's weird. And it was more than one production. Like, that. that's weird to me. That feel like money being taken out of my pockets for what, for what reason? Lee could have wrote her another part. <laughs> if she wanted to be in the movie that bad, why you got to take Monique's part? It, it, I don't know. And then, like I said, she named like three different productions where that happened to her, where it was like Mo, where it was like Lee Daniels had promised her these parts and that he had written it for her and handpicked her to do it. He wanted her to do it. Somehow it got back to Oprah. Oprah called Lee Daniels was like, take Monique off, give me her part, and I'll pay for all your film and stuff. And of course, you know, Lee Daniels being an up-and-coming filmmaker, he's like, I can't turn down bags of money from Oprah Winfrey. I just can't. But it's weird that those are the things that was happening. So yes, I can understand why the fuck Monique is holding on to this shit for years and years. Yeah, that's millions and millions of dollars. Lionsgate, a, a popular production studio or whatever the fuck Lionsgate be doing. They don't want to work with Monique no more because of the things that Tyler Perry said about her. Which he admitted was a lie on a recorded tape that Monique has possession of. She was offered the role of Cookie Lion in in um what it was that was uh, that was one of the lead names productions he was offered the role or the role of cookie lion was for her and um something happened oprah was able to get in lead names head and they ended up casting taraji instead i don't know i I just get it because all of them these different opportunities millions and millions of dollars you telling big wig executives not to work with me, Tyler. You telling people not to work with me because I'm difficult, and they actually taking your word for it and being like, "No, nah, we're not gonna extend this contract or give you this contract." Like they actually taking your word for it. That's fucked up, especially if you was lying, and you know you lying because you said that on the tape. Shannon heard and T.S. Two celebrities. <laughs> That's two celebrities now that have said they heard the tape Monique played of Tyler Perry saying that and it's definitely his voice and he definitely said he lied on her. That's two people. So I don't know, Tyler. It's, it's, it's looking like you might have did that shit to Monique. Same thing with Oprah. I don't get it. But if Lee Daniels was, was man enough to be like, let's go on a public platform and let me apologize to you and make it right and, and pitch you some ideas that I have been working on with you or whatever, now that I've got my my uh 
my bags up and everything and I don't necessarily need Oprah to fund anything for me. We can let's get back to work. And I apologize for letting that shit happen. He he kind of said that, yeah, Oprah did what you said she did. <laughs> Just in him apologizing to Monique about it. It's a lot. But I would be mad too. <laughs> that that's that's it. I would be mad too because it feels like millions and millions of dollars have been taken away from Monique. Plenty of opportunities for her to showcase her talent and um, be acknowledged for it. Just taken away because Tyler and Oprah didn't like that Monique had the nerve to stand up for herself and say, if y'all want me to do extra work on y'all's project and y'all need to pay me more money or rework the contract so I get some more money because I got other stuff to do. And I can't set aside the time to help y'all for free. I don't see no issue with that. I'd be mad too. That's millions of dollars I'm I'm lost out on behind these two very powerful individuals having an issue with me telling them no. I, I fuck with that. So I ain't really mad at Monique for that. And I'm glad she's she's continuing to find spaces and platforms that are okay with her going on there and telling her story because as black people, I feel like we do need to keep our uh our legends and our greats in check a little bit. We need to make sure Tyler don't get too big headed and forget the mission. Same thing with Oprah, but <clears throat> it is what it is. The only thing I really had something to say about outside of that was Shannon A. Smith or Stephen A. Smith. His response pretty much showed me that he missed the whole point of what Monique was saying. And that he most likely didn't watch the whole interview because she literally said she recorded Tyler Perry admitting that he was spreading false rumors about her because she had no other way to protect herself if it came to a situation where it's he say versus she say. So now, if Tyler Perry and Monique end up in court behind this kind of stuff. Tyler is on audio admitting to doing what Monique said he did. So I understand why she recorded him. Stephen A. I don't know. <laughs> it just don't make sense. It just don't make At the very least, even if this stuff don't go to court, if, if Monique go do a deal, or try to do a deal with somebody and they be like, we heard from Tyler Perry that you difficult to work with. I could be like, I got this tape right here that said he was lying about that. Listen to it real quick. Oh, now he was, he did say he was lying on you. Okay. So remove Tyler Perry's commentary out of the uh, conversation. Let's get back to doing business. That's what I see <laughs> when it comes to record. I know it's a little tacky and it might be illegal in some instances. Monique made sure to clarify it's not illegal in the state where she did it. So she's smart. She knows what she's doing. She got her plan worked out. She's just trying to create some contingencies. And I'm okay with that. It's just Steven responding in this way that clearly just showed that he missed the whole point of the interview. And she got to speak because if she don't, then she ain't gonna, she just going to keep being fairly unfairly uh, treated. Same what Nikki was saying. If she had accepted pickle juice then that's what she would be drinking right now. Pickle juice, but she stood up for herself and got something else. I don't have no issues with this. I just, um, I hope that Tyler and, and, and um, Oprah at some point do right by um, Monique because she deserve it. Outside of that, let's talk about what we can here to talk about. The Usher concert at the damn Super Bowl. Did y'all watch it? All right, bet. Well, let's talk about it after I play 
um, one of the tracks, one of my early favorites from Usher's new album, Coming Home. so what y'all thought about it because i thought it was good you know what i'm saying usher is an incredible performer uh if you've been following my, my podcast uh at least over the last year or two <laughs> now you know i've seen usher live several times at this point um he headlined dreamville festival last year in 2023 and then he was also at his uh lovers and friends festival in vegas last year um i feel like i might have seen usher one more time before then no it was just them two times last year either way fire right so usher came out what it was he did caught up a nice little medley called up you don't have to call superstar love in this club fire um fire little mashup fire little medley right there the uh the dance on the field was sliding like wh whoever put together the uh, choreography for that for the field show that was on the like ground on the field actual field that choreography was fire i enjoyed that and then alicia keys alicia keys came out in this red um fabric uh <laughs> outfit material with her red piano which I love that Alicia Keys has made like performing with a piano like a part of her. I don't want to stay stick because I feel like that's a little. It's just a part of her stage show. Like she always makes sure she got a custom piano, even if it's for ten seconds. Like this performance was with Usher um, when she performed "If I Ain't Got You." And then they broke away for a little bit. I knew they was going to do my boo. I knew it when Usher said that he was bringing Alicia Keys. I knew my boo was coming. You couldn't have done a Usher and Alicia Keys collaborative performance without my boo. I did notice uh, that Alicia wasn't. The vocals just kind of wasn't. Um, she, she sounded. Oh, she sounded solid. It was just I heard some things in the you know the pitch in the key that Alicia Keys was not necessarily all the way landed on, but it's okay. I still enjoyed the performance and everything, the nostalgia and all of that. That was fire. Um, I'm glad that you know people just understand usher's gonna do what he wants to do when he got the ladies on stage um because I, I don't imagine that swiss beats would be upset about the way that uh, usher was touching and grinding on alicia because it, it looked harmless to me you know what i'm saying i'm not tripping about it but you know men get weird sometimes when it comes to <laughs> their wives and I, i'm pretty sure i'm just throwing up a little petty drama but i'm pretty sure rehearsals and choreography um in mind i'm pretty sure swiss beats knew what the fuck was going on either way alicia looked great 
she looked amazing the the body was bodying that whole red outfit red piano red fabric cape whatever the fuck it was all that shit looked fire i was very very um glad to see alicia keys still out here looking and sounding good i haven't seen her perform in a long time she's actually gonna be at um lovers and friends this year y'all already know i got my motherfucking ticket so i don't know i don't know how the, the um the lineup and everything is gonna gonna be as far as like uh set times and stage times and all this other stuff but i'm hoping alicia is not um i'm hoping alicia is not on stage when somebody else i want to see is on stage also because I've, I've never seen alicia keys perform live before after this performance and me remembering she's going to be at lovers and friends this year i'm i'm excited i actually want to see that um jd came out you know what i'm saying he had a quick little cameo just celebrating the 20th anniversary of the confessions album if you don't know jd is like one of the main producers on that project or executive producer if you will and um it's been one of the most important bodies of work to his career just like it has been usher so i'm glad that they got to share the stage in that moment or whatever because they did uh confessions and then they took it all the way back to um seven o'clock gonna that i'm in my drop top cruising the streets what's up what's up uh i with that so i love that's 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 one of the ones i should got but um and then they did let it burn which i really appreciate usher's um usher doing let it burn and you got it back in this very moment because my dog had to pull the mic stand out just to let y'all know i'm yes i'm actually up here singing and dancing live the microphone is on just because i got that little microphone over my face that most people use when they dancing and lip singing at the same time that don't mean my shit is off i need y'all to know the vocals are still there which i told y'all this last time i uh reviewed an usher performance i think it was for um well the extensive one was for dreamville but i'm pretty sure i said something positive about his performance at lovers and friends also the man be singing and dancing like it really it really go down like that he's really one of those uh beyonce type performers not to compare the two or whatever just to give you a reference that's not a comparison i just want a reference sing dance at the same time the vocals don't necessarily falter or waver the dance moves don't either as you can see the man was sweating he was actually moving and singing i really fuck with that <laughs> and then he did something really cool he had her you know the singer her she came out on the guitar if you were confused about who that was that was her she looked amazing i thought for two seconds that they were going to perform their song that they have together but I can see why it didn't necessarily fit in the um, the set list because right after that was Bad Girl, which her was performing the guitar on that as well. She did the guitar for You Got a Bad and Bad Girl. Fire. I fuck with that. I like this this newfound friendship between um, Usher and her. They've been collaborating a lot over the past, I want to say a couple years or whatever. Um, they're two incredibly talented artists. I fuck with them both. It made sense to me. Will I Am came out during that whole roller skate section and did OMG, which that's probably one of Usher's most popular, like pop, you know, EDM white people know this word for word song. <laughs> so that made sense. And the song is good. I, I've never hated 
Usher stepping into the pop EDM lane actually makes sense for him. All the songs he's done like that, they sound good to me. So it just made sense to bring um, Will I Am out for that as well. Then, you know, Lil John came out. He did uh, his turn down for what? Just to get us back amped. As if we were already weren't amped enough off Oh My God. They did Yeah. Uh, Ludacris came out and I did hear. I caught that he was rapping over a mashup of the Yeah beat and Petey Pablo's Freakily. I really, really fucked with that. I really, really fucked with that. I was like, oh shit, come on, keep taking me back. I fucked with that. <laughs> so they did Yeah. They closed the show out with that. They did all the dances, the A-Town Stone, a rock away. They did all that and cut. They did all of that. And Usher added a little bit more just to let us know it wasn't a game. I came here. I ate y'all up. Y'all have been devoured. <laughs> what the fuck? What that mean? <laughs> no, nah, but um, I really fucked with it. I really, really, really was fucking with it. Good job, Usher. I'm glad um, that he finally got an opportunity to do it. Um, that that black and blue jumpsuit outfit with the uh, fake cutout abs. I wasn't. I ain't really catch much for the abs, but the fit itself was fire. Of course, Usher took his shirt off. That's part of his thing as well. We knew it was coming. The white outfit Usher had on at the beginning. That shit was fire. He did like, yeah, Usher did a quite a. So he had the white outfit on, then he got naked on stage, took his shirt off and everything. Then they did like a little transition piece to let her do the, the guitar solo shit. And then he came back in the blue shit with the skates on. It was fun. The, the performance overall was well done, well put together, well choreographed. I noticed Usher had a little bit of, a little bit of slip and slide with the skates. He all the way get his skate moves together, but that's... You can't really <laughs> skate. Doing anything on skates is always unpredictable, no matter how good of a skater you are. Like, it just is what it is. But I enjoyed the performance overall. He was right. He took the world to the A. Definitely showed out for Atlanta. I'm even more excited to see him at Lovers and Friends this year now. And he performing the Confessions album through and through at Lovers and Friends this year. Like, I'm going to have a good time. Because I know he's going to throw in some extra stuff to jazz it up. I know that. So I'm just, I'm excited, man. Shout out to Usher. That was a phenomenal job. I i don't really got nothing else to say other than thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of the Talk and Play Blurry Pod. Tell me what y'all think. Did y'all think anything I said was good? <laughs> How do y'all feel about Usher's halftime performance? Um, Monique on Club Shay Shay. Um, if, if you caught the state of play, any games caught your attention you want to talk to me about? Uh, anything I covered in this episode, I'm at Brian Sav. That's B R I A N S A P P H. Instagram, Twitter. I don't know how I feel about TikTok right now because I don't like that they was playing with Universal Music and now all the Universal Music music is not on TikTok anymore. I don't really fuck with that. So I got one. So if you want to put Brian Sav in there too, you you know I'll pop up. Um, threads. I'll be active on Threads here and there. Um, yeah, those social media platforms, if you want to discuss anything that I, uh, covered in this particular episode, other than that, we're going to play some more music as we ride off into the sunset. I'll catch y'all on the next episode of the pod. Hey, but a little thing I like. Hey, baby, tell me what you want to do. It's seven o'clock on the dot. I'm in
my drop top who's in the streets oh yeah i got a real pretty pretty little thing that's waiting for me